MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's a numbers game with your host, Gil Alexander. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Good morning. It is a numbers game here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Jeff Parles in for Gil Alexander. Day 9 of 10 on the Gill schedule. Jason Kahn's here as well, producer number 7. Good morning. Good morning, Jason. It is, uh, it's been a fun, uh, a fun ride. Pretty amazing. It's going to be 90% of the way done <laughs> in two hours from now. Uh, but uh, I'm excited for today's show. We have Robbie Calland right off the jump in about four minutes from now. Uh, we'll talk NBA draft. We'll talk some NFL. And, and quite possibly, I, I, I got to give WinBet some credit here. Quite possibly the most diabolical college football prop I've ever seen that was released by WinBet last night. So well, I'll ask Robbie all about that in a little less than five minutes. The Gold Cup is back tonight. Paul Carr will be with us at 1045 Eastern time here on the program. Again, Paul, I, I, Jason Conn, all Paul Carr does whenever he's on this program is give away winners. It was two non-sweats on Saturday. The Qatar, the Qatar match, way over. It was 3-2. to two. Mexico easily covering all numbers that Paul gave out on that Asian handicap uh, against Honduras on Saturday last weekend. And Sean King, the former Tampa Bay Buccaneer, uh, former Super Bowl champion, will be with us at the top of the next hour. And we will go through uh, basically everything with Sean King. Uh, we had him, we've had him on plenty of shows here on the network. He is absolutely awesome. So Sean King with us at 11 o'clock as well. But let's... Let's go quickly here to the main event of tonight, which is the NBA draft. Uh, there will be fans in attendance at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn as the the old decayed Cunningham is going to be complete tonight at around uh, about 8.20 Eastern time. Minus 5,000 to go number one right now at BetMGM to go number one for Cade Cunningham. And for the Detroit Pistons, a franchise that has not picked this high since uh, make the right pick back in the day, uh, back in 2003. Good old Darko at number two instead of Carmelo or Dwayne Wade or Chris Bosh. Uh, what are you going to do? It didn't matter. Detroit ended up flipping around and winning the title the next year anyway, even with making the wrong pick. But 
This is an easy selection at number one, despite the noise that was around after Cunningham had an underperforming NCAA tournament two games against Liberty and then Oregon State. But Cunningham, to me, is, again, surefire, minus 5,000. Look, I never endorse laying that much, but Cade Cunningham's going number one. And if you have the bankroll and you're just trying to get a free hundred dollars, it probably is a free hundred dollars at this point, even at minus five thousand. The biggest mover has been number two, Jalen Green. Uh, and, and these numbers on your screen are from BetMGM, but a DraftKings was as high as plus one sixty-five to go number two. That minus four hundred is about consensus. Minus four hundred. At BetMGM, at minus 375, or excuse me, minus uh, 475 now at DraftKings. So actually, minus 400. Uh, well, actually, that has moved over the last 10 minutes. So it's a minus 500 now on Jalen Green. So uh, that number just keeps climbing. The only concern there is the Rockets have a new front office. Uh, they've been relatively tight-lipped, but again, it would be a shocker to me if Green didn't go number two. And if he got that plus 165 about a month ago, he did pretty darn well. Obviously, someone this morning on the East Coast woke up and decided to move a bunch of these lines over the last 20 minutes because Evan Mobley's now bet up to minus 350 to go number three, and Jalen Suggs now minus 250 to go number four. So, so yeah, I, look, I, obviously someone's waking up before 10 a.m. on the East Coast and just hitting these even harder. So, I, again, these numbers are going to move throughout the day. And, and, look, a lot of these numbers are way past what their best numbers were. So I wouldn't bet Mobley. I wouldn't bet Suggs. I wouldn't bet Green. Uh, even though I, I think at the end those are the guys that end up going where it is. Where if you want the exact – this is how this is how heavy these favorites are for one, two, three, four at this point. The exact result, which the top four exact result in the NFL draft, Jason, correct me if I'm really off base here, but the – the top four exacta short shot in the NFL never got lower than minus 120. That was around basically the peak of the shortness. We're looking at $2 here at BetMGM on the top four. Minus 200 on Cunningham, Green, Mobley, Suggs. Uh, one, two, three, four, which, hey, look, is about right from where you expect. Uh, Scotty Barnes is the big favorite to go number five right now. Uh, minus 275 with Orlando holding that slot, and uh, again, the real the, the draft seems to be beginning at number six, beginning at, uh, based off of the betting markets on tonight's NBA draft. It is a numbers game here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Jeff Parles, in for Gil Alexander. Happy to be with you here on a Thursday morning, and now with us, senior writer and deputy editor over at UpRocks. It is Robbie Calland. Robbie, thank you for getting up early with us. And let's just dive right in. Uh, let's just went through it. All the the one through five heavy favorites. Uh, the expectation: Cunningham, Green, Mobley, Suggs, Barnes. The expected one through five tonight in the NBA draft. Is there any? Are, are there any of those guys that you're a little bit uncertain of? Oh, well, maybe someone throws a wrench into the plans. If it happens, I would think it would be Orlando at five, um, just because we don't know what direction they're going to go. Obviously, Scotty Barnes fits their mo forever which has been the drafted defensive guy um you know they love long wingspanny defenders in orlando and he would fit the bill obviously local guy being up the road in, in tallahassee um the only other thing that could really throw this off is if toronto backs out of four and somebody wants someone other than Suggs to jump into that but i don't see why you would jump to four if Suggs isn't the guy. So even if Toronto trades out, that should be the Suggs pick. Um, everybody else, no, I, I think, you know, we've gotten to the point where we kind of have a pretty good idea. Um, even if there are trades, like I said, with four, particularly Toronto seems the most likely to back out there. If somebody comes with something really big, I, I just, I just don't see how it's anybody other in that top four. If there is some movement, uh, and the difference, it would be five. Uh, and that would be if Orlando has had somebody come in that blew them away. Um, if they decided Moses Moody was the guy there, um, you know, somebody like that, it would have to be a situation uh, where someone blew Orlando away beyond Scotty Barnes. Robbie, uh, the number six is held by Oklahoma City, who uh, roughly has 8,000 draft picks uh, tonight and moving forward. But 
Look, uh, the, Oklahoma City's been rumored to a few guys, but I want to look at one in particular here, and it, it's James Booknight out of, out of UConn, mm-hmm. who has been a big mover and shaker in these betting odds. Uh, was Again, you could have gotten about minus 150 even five days ago to go in the top 10. Now that number is close to, close to minus 2,000 at most spots to go top 10. Now his draft yeah. slot is six and a half at Ben MGM with the shade actually to the under at minus yeah. 145. So based off of this, the expectation is OKC is going to be the team that takes book night at six. But uh, I, Robbie, I just I, this feels like a reach with book night at number six for Oklahoma City, if that is the pick. I think you, what you're talking about with book night is you'd be, he's, he's a score. Like, I mean, that's what you're getting and you're getting a score and you're just hoping everything falls into place. And that, I guess if you're OKC, what you're thinking is we don't have that guy right now. You know, you have, you have SGA who is a fantastic guard who apparently is on the trade market kind of. Um, in the sense that like, he's not untouchable anymore. You gotta, you gotta come with quite the offer, but he's no longer untouchable per, per the reporting that's out there. Um, which I think would be a mistake, but, mm-hmm. uh, like he's a spectacular lead ball handler. Um, but you can play him off the ball. We've seen that in LA, uh, and, and book nights, just, just a bucket getter. And we've seen in recent years, that has become a more important archetype for teams that want to be, build a contender. Um, and so I think you see teams being more willing to overlook the weaknesses. They're more willing to overlook that he doesn't pass the ball very well. They're more willing to overlook that he's not a tremendous defender. Um, and, and they're just saying, look, we got to get guys that can score at all three levels and there's not a whole lot of guys that come into the league ready to do that immediately. Um, the big, and, and obviously the swing skill for him is going to be three-point shooting. If he can't shoot the three better than he did last year at UConn, uh, he is not worth a top 10 pick anywhere close to it. But if you take that 80% free throw shooting and you project that out, you say, this guy should get better, mm-hmm. then okay. Like maybe, maybe it's a reach, but at the same time, if you're OKC, you're swinging on the upside guys anyway. Um, and so if you don't, if you don't love Kaminga, then book night might be the next guy that has the, the best upside for what they're looking for. Robbie Callen of up rock sports with us right now here on a numbers game, talking NBA draft and, and Robbie, we saw the deal earlier in the week to move Memphis up to number 10. Uh, they seem, it seems that they may not be done trying to move up Robbie yeah. and for a team that last year, look, uh, beating Golden State in the in the playing game was an important step for that franchise with John Moran taking another step, at least into the real playoffs. What do you anticipate from Memphis tonight? Uh, do you think they move up? Do you think they stand pat? And who would be the guy you would take if you were the Grizzlies with that 10th overall if they stand pat? If they stand pat, I, I love Moses Moody for them. Like you're talking about a team that needs a three and D guy and he comes in and that is what he is immediately. You wonder what his potential is. Um, and you wonder if there's maybe a little bit of a ceiling, but those are the guys that Memphis has taken, right? Like they've been the guys who take the really good player and say, all right, we're just going to take the good basketball player. Like that's been their MO for the last few years. And for them to move up, they clearly have somebody I've heard there. There's been buzz that it could be Josh Giddy. Um, and they want that secondary ball handler next to John ja Morant. The shooting around that pairing becomes a big question. Um, if if it is Giddy, uh, who is a guy I like, but you know, like that might be it's a it's a bit of an odd fit. Like you can see it for some things, but other things like the the issues they had scoring the ball. I think that's what they have to address. Like we saw that in that Utah series. Like they just couldn't score the ball consistently if it was not Ja. And if Dylan Brooks was in foul trouble, they were in real, real deep stuff. Um, I would go Moses Moody if, it, if he's available at 10. Uh, if, if they're targeting him, it wouldn't surprise me if they try to engage with maybe Orlando. Um, Sacramento is a team that, that a bunch of people have, have linked with possibly trading back. Um, so you might want to leap number nine. So you're talking, talking with the Warriors, talking with the Magic, so much of what happens with Golden State is going to come down to who becomes available on the star market. And if 714 Wiseman and whatever is enough to get someone like that, Bradley Beal obviously is the buzzy name, uh, but there are some other, other areas that could, that could morph into. Um, but yeah, so 
And I don't think Memphis has the current players to entice Golden State to move off of that because if Golden State's moving seven, they're doing it for a win-now player, and I'm not sure Memphis and Golden State's ideas align on that that regard. But at 10, uh, I would love Moses Moody for them. If it's not Moody, I, 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 it, it seems to be giddy based on, based on the reporting that's out there. So Moody right now, his draft slot is 11 and a half, uh, ju- yeah. juiced to the under at minus 150. Giddy at 10 and a half, a heavy juice on the under. Kind of surprised that hasn't moved to nine and a half, actually, uh, yeah. with, with 10 and a half minus 250 right now for Josh Giddy to go in the top 10. Uh, Robbie, I want to I want to move off the NBA draft and uh, go to the NFL here. It's going to be NFL uh, NFC South Day today here on the show. Tampa Bay is a heavy favorite to win the division. Uh, of course, they did not win the division a year ago, even though they won, won the Super Bowl. Uh, looking at the other three teams in the division, though, Robbie, which one yeah. of those three teams do you think is most capable of torpedoing a Tampa Bay division crown this year? I mean, I think it has to be the Saints. Um, I think the Falcons are are going to be better than they were last. I mean, they have to can't lose games the same way they did last year, can they? I mean, I'm from Atlanta. I should know better, but like they they can't they can't lose games quite like that. So I think Atlanta should be better. Obviously, losing Julio is is a huge loss, but you know they still have Calvin Ridley. They bolster things with uh, Kyle Pitts, and you know the defense can't be that bad in the fourth quarter again. I, I refuse to believe that, but it, it has to be the Saints. And I think it comes down to the weapons around Jameis because I really don't think the step back for New Orleans is going to be all that steep at the quarterback position because of just how limited Breeze was last year and being able to push the ball down the field. They might be a little less consistent and a little more explosive, which I think in the end might just even out. The question is, with Michael Thomas hurt and like like it's it's going to be a lot of Alvin Kamara. So, like, if you're looking at Camaro receiving props, anything like that, I love overs on that because they're just going to have to lean on that, dude. Uh, he is by far the star of that offense. So, I like Camaro over props if you got him. Um, but I, I think it has to be the Saints if anybody's going to push uh, push Tampa Bay here. Robbie, any concern that Sean Payton might actually go back to the Taysom Hill well, though? <laughs> I mean, there's always concern, right? Um He's, I don't know what blackmail Taysom Hill has on Sean Payton, but uh, <laughs> he can't quit him. Um, I, you know, it's just going to depend on if he's, if he's able, like it, it's really going to come down to how good Jameis looks, um, which obviously is also still a concern if Jameis can be consistently that guy. But, you know, all indications are that he's, he's learned and grown since he's been in new Orleans and, you know, he looked good when he was in the games, Last year, I, you have to be concerned that the, the Taysom thing is going to pop up. I don't think it's going to be as a starter, but that comes down to whether whether Jameis can avoid disaster, really. Uh, man, seeing Jameis in the number two, shout to Aaron Brooks, um, <laughs> a legend. A legend. I can't, like, you can't have a number two in New Orleans and not make me think Aaron Brooks. Man, I, 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 again, uh, I haven't heard the Aaron Brooks name in a long time, so a good shout to the early 2000s there, Robbie. By the way, you mentioned Camara props. Uh, right now at DraftKings, uh, a 945.5 on the rushing yards for mm-hmm. Alvin, 10 rushing touchdowns and then receptions at 70.5. Any of those stand out to, over over on the last Receptions. Part. Receptions. <laughs> I think he's going to be he's going to be heavily used. And I think if you're talking about what the influence is of, of being in New Orleans last year and being behind Drew Brees for Jameis, it might be learning that the check down and finding Alvin Kamara is a really good option. And I think he's going to be he's going to be looking for Alvin. I, I, I like over on reception. I think Alvin's going to get busy in the backfield catching the football. Uh, I want to go to the Falcons real quick here, Robbie, because it's a new head coach mm-hmm. in Arthur Smith. Obviously, Julio Jones not there anymore, but the pass catchers are still pretty darn good there. Calvin Ridley, yeah. uh, a legitimate top five receiver in the league. Kyle Pitts, I expect to be right away only behind Waller, Kelsey, and Kittle at tight end. Should be an immediate impact for Pitts. But that defense, though, Robbie, 
is just so bad on paper. And even with their offense looking like it's going to take a step forward again, and Matt Ryan may be rejuvenated a little bit, that defense is is really the reason why I don't think Atlanta is going to be able to compete here in this division. Yeah, I mean that's that's it's a, you're 100 percent right. I mean you're you're talking about like like I said like they should win more games, but they're gonna have to win them the way they won them last year, which is outscoring teams. Um, they didn't really address the defense. Like they just they just didn't bring in a bunch of impact guys that they needed. And so you're still talking about a secondary that has holes. You're still talking about a front seven that just you know doesn't inspire a lot of confidence. They're gonna get after the quarterback a bunch. Um, and maybe schematically they can change some things up to just be a little better and a little more solid. But yeah, I, I just, man, like I've got a lot of friends back home in Atlanta that are hoping and hoping and hoping that it gets better. And I'm like, man, y'all just might be a seven and 10 football team. Which would put them in, uh, put them in by a half under their win total at seven and a half. Uh, Robbie Calland with us right now of Uprock Sports. Robbie, you are a fan. You are a fan and a connoisseur of bad mm. college football. That's correct. Okay, so we 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 have. To, I have to ask you this because I saw this last night from 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 WinBet, and I, my first thought was, this is the most diabolical prop I've ever seen college football wise, and that takes a lot. I'm looking at it that. now. It is, it is it's diabolical. Ugly as sin. Yeah. So we've talked about the good teams on this program. Let's go to the worst in college football. And uh, uh, shout out to Winbed for doing this. More, more combined wins for these groupings. Okay. The favorite group here at minus 125, UNLV, Akron, and UMass. Just horrible teams. The underdog here at plus 105, Louisiana Monroe, Kansas, and UConn. Robbie, we have about 90 seconds here. Yeah. Call me crazy if you want, but the value's on the plus money. Oh, my God. Because UConn, so is, UConn, to me, is pretty clearly the best of these six teams. Yeah, the value's on the plus money. One, UConn. First off, the best part of this, this might come down to UConn versus UMass in week nine. <laughs> we get that football game. We get that football game, and we're going to love it. Uh, secondly, like, Yo Monroe's bad but like they play in the Sun Belt, and there's also some really bad teams there they might pick up a win or two in conference UConn I think also has Holy Cross on the schedule so like that should be a win I think they also play Yale uh UL Monroe's out of the conference is a disaster Kansas might not win a game uh Akron's out of conference pretty tough UMass I think has a pretty tough one it's got to be the plus money if nothing else this should be a coin flip and you're getting plus money and like you said, UConn's probably the best team on here. They have two winnable games. Uh, obviously, they don't have a conference schedule, but two winnable games against non-FBS opponents. And they get UMass. We're hammering plus 105. We're going to take it to the window. And uh, drinks on me off of, UMass, <laughs> off of, off of UConn. Yes, uh, as we all expected, A, to actually talk about Connecticut football here this morning, and B, to actually want to bet on UConn doing something. Well, of course, remember, Connecticut did not play a year ago, uh, opting out completely of the COVID season. He's Robbie Calland. You find his work at Up Rocks. You find him on the tweets at R. Calland. Robbie, thank you for being with us this morning. And I'm, I, I'm happy I was able to bring this diabolical prop to your attention. It, it made my morning, Jeff. Uh, a pleasure as always. Y'all be good. Uh, of course. Thank you, Robbie. Uh, uh, getting up early with us here on a numbers game. Look, Jason... I am in a scenario where I usually will not bring up the bad college football teams because it's almost auto-fade on those horrible teams. But that prop is the most diabolical thing I think I've ever seen college football-wise. When we get back here on a numbers game, let's go to the defending Super Bowl champions. Let's look at the outlook for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in this 2021 season. How motivated will they be in the regular season? And they should coast to a division championship. That's next on a numbers game on VSIN. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. 
I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. All season just around the corner. It's time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada. It's the premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all your favorite wagers along with in-game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing wagers from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly and gambling problem. Call 1-800-522-4700. It is a numbers game here on VSIN. I'm Jeff Parles in for Gil Alexander. Quick note here on NBA Draft betting, John Ewing, of BetMGM just tweeting out uh, the the line movement as we discussed a little bit with Robbie Callen of the top five picks of how it has just gone heavy towards these guys that are expected to go in these slots. Kate Cunningham was always a huge favorite. Minus 500 to open. Now he's minus 5,000 at BetMGM to go number one. Jalen Green as high as plus 175. Now minus 500 to go number two. Evan Mobley plus 175 to go number three. Minus 350 now to go number three. So he opened plus 175, now minus 350. Jalen Suggs opening plus 110 to go number four. He's now minus 250 to go number four. And then Scotty Barnes, actually a bigger favorite at the moment than Jalen Suggs to go number five, than Suggs is to go four. Barnes plus 105 to go number five to open, now minus 275 at BetMGM. John Ewing on the tweet. As always, thanks to John for uh, putting out the good information. 
Let's go to the NFC South. Last year, the New Orleans Saints won the division, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won what matters more. The Lombardi, their second Super Bowl championship in franchise history. Tom Brady, uh, guy's pretty good. Number seven for Brady uh, with that championship last year. Of course, the first team to ever play in a Super Bowl in their home building in Tampa Bay took full advantage, just eviscerating the Chiefs uh, last year, a uh, thirty to nine in Super Bowl Fifty Five. Uh, excuse me, thirty-one to nine, I should say, down in Tampa last year at Raymond James Stadium. Let's look at the Bucks preview here. The profile on your screen: they are six and a half point favorite against Dallas. Thursday night to open the season. Win total 11 and a half. That is, uh, that is some pretty significant juice on the over at minus 165 with 11 and a half. And I, I look that I understand it completely understand it. Schedule's pretty soft, all things considered. They have a second-place schedule instead of a first-place schedule and a division that seems to me be much worse than it was a year ago. Make the playoffs minus 650. You're laying a whole boatload there. That's the right odds. Plus 450 if they think they're going to miss the playoffs. If Tom Brady stays healthy, Tampa Bay's not missing the playoffs. Minus 200 to win the South. Plus 310 to win the NFC. That's your favorite. And plus 650 to win the Super Bowl. That's your co-favorite with Kansas City right now at BetMGM. Let's look at Tampa's schedule here. Week one, the win against Dallas. Just looking at the first half of the schedule, they have a bye in week nine. The only game that I really look at as a true potential loss is the Rams. Week three, L.A. beat them a year ago down in Tampa. Again, different look Ram team, as we know. Uh, other than that, they are go- they're going to be favored in every other game before the bye. If the Rams get off to a lackluster start, I wouldn't be surprised if Tampa's favored at SoFi in week three. But if you look at the looking at the schedule, and this is this is how you kind of handicap it, and I know it will be a little backwards when you see the record prote- projection, but I, I'm a little lower win season-wise because I think Tampa's going to be resting their guys the last few weeks of the season. They're going to be favored probably if if they have to play their their guys the whole way through. They'd be favored to me in in sixteen out of seventeen games. Only week three, the Rams. But the one concern that I have is they're going to be so far out in front and win this division. By the way, minus two hundred is not bad value, even though you're laying a prize. There's no one in this division that's capable of beating Tampa in a division this year, unless if Tampa decides to just mail it in for a good chunk of the regular season while they were working out the Kings last year. But all twenty, all twenty-two starters return. It's the first time in NFL history that I've heard that that all twenty-two starters from any team, not just the Super Bowl champion, returning uh, for this twenty twenty-one season. Uh, look, looking at Tampa's season this year, I have them only winning eleven games. But part of the reason I have them at eleven and six is I think they're clinching the division in early December. They're going to cruise. So it's a no bet on the win total. Even though if you bet it over 11.5 or bet it at 12, I have no problem with that. The only concern that you have to look at is if you think Tampa's going to be so far out in front, don't be shocked if they rest their guys over the course of the last three weeks of the season, which would be Carolina twice and the Jets. They could still win all three of those games, resting their guys. Oh, and Tom Brady I have leading the NFL in touchdown passes. Uh, you can get that in the pocket of 6-1. to one. Coming up next, we're going to Carolina. That's next here on a numbers game on VSIN. to a numbers game with Gil Alexander. Tomorrow's episode of the Ron Flatter Racing Pod features Saratoga Live TV host Lafitte Pinkeye discussing Saturday's Vanderbilt handicap and Jim Dan- and the Jim Dandy stakes. John and Mike Bard. Remember the late, the late Dale Bard, whose record as North America's winning his trainer is about to fall. Las Vegas horse player and bookmaker Paul Zilm handicaps this weekend's races. Subscribe now at iHeart, Apple, Google, Spotify, or Stitcher. 
or download it tomorrow at vcin.com slash podcast. The Ron Flatter Racing Pod brought to you by First Bet. It is a numbers game here on vcin, the sports betting network. I'm Jeff Parlson for Gil Alexander. Paul Carr with us in 10 minutes to give out. Again, all, all Paul Carr does is give out winners. Two easy ones. Non-sweaters last weekend in the Gold Cup. We have two more plays for Paul as the Gold Cup resumes tonight. And oh, by the way, the Gold Cup final is on Sunday, uh, just uh, a few miles, a uh, few miles north of here, on uh, just off I-15 at Allegiant Stadium. And uh, the hope for all the fans that uh, bought all the tickets in 12 minutes is that it's Team USA in Mexico. Uh, uh, Mexico uh, in action tonight. Team USA in action tonight. Uh, Team USA taking on Qatar. Uh, in in one of the two semifinals in the Gold Cup. Let's go back to the NFC South, though. Let's go to Charlotte. Let's go to Carolina. Off-season changes for the Panthers. Sam Darnold, they uh, trade a few draft picks for the former number three overall pick. The Jets give up on him. And Carolina, who last year went 5-11 and after giving Teddy Bridgewater a big contract. Uh, they said that's enough. He's not our guy. They, they, they release Bridgewater, or excuse me, send Bridgewater out to Denver. Carolina, seven and a half win total shade under minus 125 to make the playoffs plus 260 this year. Minus 350 to miss. 10 to 1 to win the South. 35 to 1 to win the NFC. 80 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. We, uh, we don't have to worry about any of those ones on the bottom. They're not winning the division. They're not winning the NFC. They're not winning the Super Bowl. So let's look at this schedule right out of the gate for Carolina. The revenge game out in week one. Sam Darnold takes on his former team, the New York Jets. By the way, Zach Wilson is still not in training camp because he's the only draft pick who hasn't signed yet. Like, what are we doing here, guys? <laughs> I mean, what are we doing here uh, there in New York? And again, uh, this kind of actually a similar situation to what happened with Darnold when he was drafted. Uh, offset language uh, discussions between the Jets and uh, Darnold's agent uh, three, uh, four years ago now. Darnold missed the first three days of camp. Wilson looks like he's going to miss at least the first two days. Uh, but look, as a Jet fan, Jason Kahn, there are a few things that are certain in life. If it's a revenge spot like this, Carolina's winning week one. <laughs> They're winning week one and Darnold's playing well. And the entire New York media is going to go nuts watching Sam Darnold torch the Jets in week one. That will be short-lived, though, because you look at this schedule. If Carolina is going to stay in things this year, they have to take advantage of the first eight weeks of this schedule. They have to. If they don't start out at least five and three in these first eight weeks, this is going to be a long season and an easy under for the Carolina Panthers. And look, even those games in week seven and eight on the road, that's not easy. Darnold going back, Darnold going back to the Meadowlands to play the Giants. Atlanta, a, a divisional road game, not an easy test for the Carolina Panthers. And look, I like their weapons. I like Robbie Anderson. I like DJ Moore. Terrence Marshall was a guy who was probably going to go in the first round if he didn't have the late injury concerns. Their wide receivers are the best wide receivers that Sam Darnold has ever had. Oh, and by the way, the Christian McCaffrey guy is pretty good when he's healthy. The concern is I'm not sure McCaffrey can play 17 games without getting hurt. But you look at that defense. There are some pieces to really like. I love their first-round draft pick out of South Carolina, J.C. Horn. I think he's going to be a superstar in this league at corner. Uh, Brian Burns, an elite pass rusher. I like uh, Gross Matos as well on the opposite side. But the rest of that defense, other than a few select names, is extraordinarily questionable to me. And for a team that their defense struggled last year, and of course – Offensively, you have the right offensive coordinator in place in Joe Brady. You have a head coach I really like in Matt Rule. But the defense is just going to hold this team back. Atlanta and Carolina are pretty similar, actually. Offenses, again, if Darnold is capable, Carolina's offense could look a little bit like Atlanta's. But both of these defenses are not good. And Darnold, I think, is going to turn the ball over a ton. Him and Daniel Jones are going to be in the race to the bottom for most turnovers this year. And I think Darnold's going to win that race to the bottom and lead the league in turnovers. Look, Carolina's going to get off to a good start. They're going to fool us. There are a few teams, them and Jacksonville in particular, 
teams that I don't think are any good, teams that have really soft early schedules. They could start out hot and end up faltering down the stretch. So I'm going to go Carolina 6 and 11 on the year. I want to look at the Atlanta Falcons here. We still have a, a few minutes before we get to Paul Carr. I know our guy Jason Cott has a, has a, has a few bets on Arthur Smith to win coach of the year. The Falcons, seven and a half on their win total, plus 240 to make the playoffs. Three and a half point favorites week one to win the South, nine to one, 66 to one to win the NFC, 125 to win the Super Bowl. You're laying $3 for them to miss the playoffs. Now, Atlanta's defense is bad. Atlanta's defense is really bad still. But that offense, even with trading Julio Jones, still has some pieces that are really good. Matt Ryan, I again, I'm not sure how much Matt Ryan has left in the tank, but they're going to be trailing in so many games because of that defense that Matt Ryan statistically is going to have a pretty good-looking year here. Calvin Ridley's a superstar. Kyle Pitts is going to be a superstar pretty quickly. Their running back situation's a mess, by the way. Their running back situation's a complete mess uh, with Mike Davis and, and Corderell Patterson looking like they're two running backs. That's going to be a mess. For for Atlanta, the defense is horrible, absolutely horrible for the Falcons. And you look at their schedule here for Atlanta, and look, you have a game week one. You you should beat Philadelphia at home in week one as a three and a half point favorite. If you don't win that game, this is going to be a very long season for Atlanta. There are a lot of swing games. There are a lot of win, winnable games on this schedule for Atlanta, especially in those first five weeks. Look, they'll lose week two at Tampa, but other than that. Technically three home games with the Jet game in the UK and the only other road games, the Giants, they're capable of at least having a good start, but I don't think it's going to happen because that defense stinks. I'm going 5-12. and 12. The defense is the reason. But Matt Ryan has a huge statistical season, and I actually like him to lead the league in passing yards because they're going to be trailing a lot and having to come back. A lot of junk yards coming for Matt Ryan this year, 14-1 to one on that number. Paul Carr with some Gold Cup picks next here on a Numbers Game. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast is 
NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. to a numbers game with Gil Alexander. Turn a $1 wager into 100 with uh, a risk well actually excuse me here uh, make your first bet risk free at BetMGM for up to $600 by using the code VSIN600 that's V-S-I-N 600 when you sign up for the King of Sportsbooks and get ready for showtime. So download the app at BetMGM.com or go to the App Store. VSIN 600 is the promo code that you use. It's a new customer offer paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older. To place a wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., or West Virginia only. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, Virginia, and Washington, D.C. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, in Tennessee. Call or text redline 1-800-889-9789. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. And again, the code... VSIN 600, that's VSIN 600. First bet, risk-free, up to $600 with that promo code at BetMGM. It is a numbers game here on VSIN. I'm Jeff Parles in for Gil Alexander. And now with us, it's a man who only gives away winners of True Media Sports. It's Paul Carr. Paul, no sweat with either of the two plays from last weekend at all. That was that was routine, Paul. Man, that was about as, as nice as it gets, what? Qatar put up three relatively early and uh, to hit the two and a half over Mexico cruised by Honduras. That was, yeah, that was a nice day. Yeah. They, they always love the non sweaty days. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, especially the summer here, Paul, let's uh, dive in tonight uh, in Austin. Uh, the, the biggest event that new stadium ha- will have had is happening tonight. The crowd's going to be amazing there. Qatar and Team USA. Yes, the matchup we all expected in a CONCACAF tournament. But uh, look, uh, Paul, the, you've mentioned this. This is nowhere near the A squad for Team USA. And it's pretty close to the A squad, if not the actual A squad for Qatar. Uh, right now, Team USA is, is a favorite tonight. But you're looking at the, uh, at the road team tonight uh, in this one. Yeah, I think so. I mean, if... I was trying to think about it. Like if you took the names, countries, whatever off the jerseys and just watch these two teams play with no preconceptions during the tournament, that's a hard thing to do, obviously. And there are intangibles in play, whatever. Uh, but Qatar's really been better than the U.S. at this tournament. I mean, pretty much any number supports that, whether it's, uh, you know, they have more goals, they have more expected goals, they have more shots than the U.S. Uh, they're taking better shots. Uh, Qatar has allowed more goals. Uh, part of that's because the U.S. keeper, Matt Turner, has been really good and probably saved about three goals uh, on his own so far. But Qatar's been better. They've been in more control of their games. Uh, you know, you can quibble over the competition level that each team has faced, but Qatar's just been better. They've been really good at 
defending and counterattacking and not in the traditional, you know, park the bus type of sense, but just playing, you know, a good solid kind of a mid-block, midfield type of defense and creating some good opportunities, which is kind of what Canada and Jamaica did pretty well against the U.S. at times. And the U.S. didn't have a lot of answers creative, creatively uh, for that. So all that to say, I like Qatar in this matchup. You get pretty good price. I'm going to play Qatar plus half a goal. Uh, minus 115 is the number I got it at. I think there's a real case to play them to win around plus 300, maybe to advance at plus 165 or so. Uh, I'm going to play plus half a goal. Uh, and, of course, that's regulation. So if they get you know through 90 minutes and it's uh, nil-nil, 1-1, one, one, whatever it might be, uh, you win that bet. Yeah, just again a reminder since we're not the knockout stage here. If uh, all these three these three three way lines, it's only the ninety plus stoppage time. If you want the full match, you have to take the two advanced markets, uh, which you, you can still get a pretty nice price mm-hmm. on Qatar if you think they're going to upset Team USA tonight in Austin. Yeah. Uh, let, let's go to Houston and. Uh, Look, Mexico, uh, they, very, they were dominant against Honduras uh, on yep. Saturday. Uh, Canada advances by Costa Rica, Paul, but the, the injuries starting to pile up for Team Canada. Mexico uh, now up to minus 180 consensus, uh, some minus 185 in the market, Paul. But even at a price like that, Paul, you, you still have to think about Mexico tonight in Houston. I think so. I played Mexico to win this one at minus 170. Uh, yeah, I'd still play it at minus 185, maybe a little bit higher, but not too much. And yeah, Mexico's been the best team at the tournament. This is not a surprise. They were the pre-tournament favorite. They have not quite their A team, but pretty close to it. Uh, you know, there's a few injuries. Chucky Lozano's gotten hurt during the tournament. Uh, a couple other guys that are missing, uh, whether it's for the Olympics or, or, or otherwise. But yeah, it's pretty close to the A team, far more an A team than, say, the U.S. has. Uh, Canada's good. They're solid. They beating Costa Rica is a big deal for them. They can kind of stake their claim as the third best team in CONCACAF behind Mexico and the U.S. Uh, but Mexico's just a lot better here. They've outscored opponents 7-0. Uh, I think we touched on it last week. They had a scoreless game against Trinidad, but they outshot them 30-4. to So, you know, that's an extreme example. Trinidad is not as good as Canada. Uh, but, but Mexico is just far better. It's, it's really simple. I'm trying not to overthink this one a lot. I think Mexico wins this one uh, in regulation. So I played it at minus 170, and I'd go a little bit higher on that. Paul, uh, the the Olympics continue to roll on, and and for the for Team USA women, it's been a disappointing tournament so far. Uh, get beat by mm-hmm. Sweden three nil. They handled their business against New Zealand, which uh, again that was another one you liked a little bit uh, last week, and then. I, a really sluggish match the other day against yeah. Australia, a, a nil-nil, where a point on each side got both teams through. It kind of looked like one of those where it's like, well, we're both moving through. It's okay if, if if no one scores here. But what happened with that, though, Paul, is that Team USA got a pretty tough draw with a team that has looked pretty good in this tournament in the Netherlands. Uh, what, what, what direction would you look to go with this one, Team USA and the Dutch in the Olympics? Yeah, this is a tough one. I mean, the, this is a rematch of the 2019 uh, World Cup final. The U.S. Mm-hmm. won 2-0, although that score is kind of deceiving. Uh, it was closer than that. Coming into this tournament, U.S. was the clear-cut favorite, and generally Netherlands was considered the second-best team, and now they're meeting in the quarterfinals. Uh, U.S. is still the betting favorite. The Dutch are about the fourth, mostly because they're playing the U.S., uh, Man, I would really lean Netherlands here. I mean, it's it's tough to compare the numbers because of the levels of competition you play in these small sample sizes. But the Dutch have put up 21 goals in three games, and that's exaggerated by 10 goals against Zambia, and I think it was eight against China. Uh, so this is not a team that's going to hang six on the U.S., we think. But it, they have the kind of firepower. They have younger players, which is overly simplistic, but... The U.S. players have looked sluggish, and part of it was intentional against Australia. Like you said, they didn't really care if they won. But I really wonder if the U.S. has that second or third gear that they have traditionally had where they can sub in a couple players off the bench and blow somebody off the field. Uh, I'm not convinced they'll be able to do that against the Dutch. So, yeah, I lean towards the Netherlands. This is a, this is an early morning game tomorrow. Uh, you could get the Dutch to win in 90 around plus 160. Uh, you got to pay juice if you want to give get them given half a goal around minus 160. Uh, but that's the direction I lean. I mean, the Dutch have clearly been better than the U.S. at this tournament. They are definitely younger. I mean, they're hungrier for what that's worth. Uh, and this continues the tradition. We've never had 
a reigning Women's World Cup winner that has won the Olympics. It's just hard to put together back-to-back tournaments over a one- or a two-year span uh, for these teams for a variety of reasons. So, yes, I would lean toward the Dutch here. The U.S. are slight favorites, but I would lean toward Netherlands. Paul, uh, one, one, one more question on just uh, the, mm-hmm. the, uh, the Olympic Women's Tournament, because Team USA is yeah. a plus-160 favorite to win gold still. Great Britain at plus-375, Sweden at plus-450, and, and the Dutch at 6-1, to one, Paul. I, based off of what you're saying, I, is the Netherlands the play here at six to one, or is it just stay off and see if again you'd be taking a, a lot shorter of a number if they beat Team USA, but yeah. just make sure to get by uh, if they were to pull the upset against Team USA tomorrow at seven a.m. Yeah, I'm not. We talk about this a lot. I think Gil and I, at least, there's probably not a lot of value in that future, um, just because you can either, you know, whatever, play it individually, or yeah, wait till they get past the biggest hurdle, uh, something like that. But uh, but yeah, so that's kind of the way I would lean there. Um, if I had to take a future, I'd probably lean towards Sweden, just because they've been the best team at the tournament uh, so far, and they just seem to have the right mentality on the field and the right execution on the field as well. But yeah, you're paying it's plus 400 plus 500 kind of depending on where it looks still not, not great value there, but that's kind of the, the way I would look if I had to pick a team to come out of the quarters so far. Let's uh, let's review Paul's picks one more time. We'll put them on the screen and Paul, uh, we'll go right ahead and tell everyone what you have for uh, tonight's action in the gold cup. Yeah. I like Qatar. Uh, I kind of feel anti or, anti-patriotic or something and <laughs> betraying my inner fan here. Uh, maybe it's an emotional hedge. I don't know, but I like Qatar plus half a goal uh, versus the U S I got it at minus minus one fifteen. Again, I just think they're playing, they're playing better. Uh, again, they have their a team for what that's worth. Um, this is, and they have, this is not a, it's obviously a small country, but they've recruited a lot of players from other countries and naturalized them. And there's, you know, there's sort of shenanigans going on, uh, but ultimately they're a, solid team on the field and they've been better than the u.s of this tournament so i like them getting half a goal i like mexico against canada just because they're far better uh canada's a good team they're on the rise but they're not there yet and mexico's got almost its best team so i like them to win from the don't overthink it category at minus 170 i the don't overthink it category is a very important uh aspect of all of this paul uh yeah. mexico uh, again uh, uh, up to minus 185 but paul uh, earlier saying still pretty good at minus 185 on yeah. mexico against canada and then uh, team usa qatar taking qatar uh, getting a half a goal against Team USA in Austin. He's Paul Carr, True Media Sports, and uh, ESPN Chalk as well. Paul, thank you for being with us this morning. You bet. And one thing I'll add, Mexico's yes. playing in Houston. That's a home game, Oh yeah. basically. I, mean, there's, I don't know what the capacity is. I think it's 40,000 or so, maybe a little higher. I mean, it's going to be like they're playing in Mexico City, basically. So that that's something to consider too. Well, yeah, and I, I don't think uh, I don't think Canadian soccer fans are traveling to Houston nope. yet. Uh, I don't think nope. that's happening. Paul, thank you for being with us this morning. You bet. Have a good one, Jeff. Coming up next here on the numbers game, Sean King, former Tampa Bay Buccaneer quarterback, is going to be with us next to uh, continue our look at the NFC South and much more across the NFL. Sean King, our guest next as we continue on. Here on a numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. official challenge podcast is back for another season and so are we i'm tori deal and i'm anisa ferreira the wait is over guys all stars four is finally here and this season takes it to a whole new level old school legends modern power players and ex-lovers are all competing in cape town south africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. 
Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.